0: We interrupt our program to bring you this important message.
1: This is Leprechaun Lunch with Sean Styers and
2: Jim Irizarry on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
3: And away we go, the leprechaun lunch is ready to roll with Jimmy Rizzari, Sean Styers. We've got a Notre Dame football game, a Notre Dame football home game tomorrow. Hey. Which is what exciting. A concept. I know, right? <laughs> Fans will be there, media will be there. Vaccinated media, I should say. Right. Leprechaun Lunch is presented by First State Bank, as the only community bank headquartered in Elkhart County. First State Bank offers the highest quality products and services. Well, it's been uh, fairly eventful. Brian Kelly updated a lot, you know, a lot of different things yesterday. I was saying on Budweiser's weekday sports beat yesterday. Sometimes the Thursday press conferences are completely uneventful that's last week sure other times <laughs> other times it's they're much more eventful <laughs> chock full of goodness huh? that's right like this week <laughs> uh, we will hear from Cal Rowland who covers Toledo football in our second segment we'll have some prop bets and, and things like that later of course we got the NFL rolling last night and um, I'll just say as a Cowboys fan it went you know I don't know that it went to script but when they kicked the field goal, with mm-hmm. about, I don't know, were you up watching last yeah. night? yeah, Okay. Was. So when Dallas kicked the field goal to go ahead, you know, my son and I, he's a Cowboys fan too, we were texting all night. I said, well, they're going to lose.
2: <laughs> too much time. And on the clock. it was
3: basically yep. just sitting there watching, waiting for the inevitable to happen. Uh-huh. There it was. That was offensive pass interference. I don't want to hear about any fence setters. <laughs> that was offensive pass interference. It did look a little. And like worth, yeah. if you saw any gifs or, or people posting what happened to the Cowboys last year when Michael Gallup, for a less egregious push, was actually called for offensive oh, right, pass yeah. interference in the last few minutes of the game against the Rams in the opener of that, that was more passive. I don't want to hear about the defensive back was falling down already. There was a push. There was complete separation here. That was, that was offensive were, pass interference.
2: You were completely over the two words, pass interference. Yes.
3: <laughs> that's right.
2: But, in a, in a, in a, in a uh, season opener. But the other thing, like <laughs> I said
3: all week in my FanDuel sportsbook spots, mm-hmm. when it was a 7.5-point spread, I said Dallas was going to cover. When it went up to 8.5, I said they're going to cover. And, of course, when it went up to 9.5, I said they're going to cover. They covered. They covered. Know. As a fan, that's completely useless. Dropping any money on that because I don't like betting on my own team. I'll tell you, you know, if they're going to cover or not, but mm-hmm. defense was better. Offense was really good against you, you that. gotta defense. be feeling good about Dak. Yeah. I mean, it was an entertaining great. game, you know? Yeah. I'm feeling great about Dak. He looked great against a, you know, a great defense at a pass rush. And, and Kellen Moore, the Dallas offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. had a great game plan to go up against him. If yep. if that's, you know, what's now your guy, Jason Garrett, I wouldn't have been feeling <laughs> the same <laughs> last night. But great offensive game plan. They end up coming up two points. And, of course, Zerline missed a field goal, two field goals. One of them was a 60 yarder, so I don't count that. But right. missed a field goal yeah. and an extra point. Yeah. Would have mattered at the end. You know, but. If, if Brady needed a touchdown, he would have gotten a touchdown in that situation, so they probably would have ended up losing anyway. Sure. Well, you want to talk some Notre Dame?
2: Uh, if you want to, Let's sure. do it. Let's do it.
3: <laughs> I've got you know some rapid-fire type stuff for you okay. in a little bit, but I'll, I'll let you kind of take it from here for now.
2: Okay. So, Brian Kelly announced that uh, Lawrence Keyes is leaving the program. Right. How much impact does that have at wide receiver?
3: Well – Lawrence Keys, as as things have turned out this year, has really turned out to be more a depth piece than anything because Avery Davis passed him up on the depth. Oop, Oop. Oop that's my fault. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Gremlins? <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. Sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. <laughs>
3: that's all right. Um, Avery Davis passed him up on the depth chart in the slot last year. So from a from a right now – it's a depth piece because the production that, that Lawrence Keyes has had, unfortunately, you know, I thought that by now we would have seen more from him. I thought that maybe, you know, like when we saw what both of those guys were able to do in the spring game, they had the two top, you know, two of the top games by receivers in the spring game, but they were playing on different teams. You know, one was the blue, one was the gold. Yeah, they they play the same position, so Lawrence Keyes has turned out to be depth. Now the bigger picture issue is. With Lawrence Keyes leaving the team and Xavier Watts moving from offense to defense, Brian Kelly also announced yesterday that he is going from receiver over to rover, that leaves them with seven scholarship-wide receivers on the roster. So while there might not be an immediate impact, Mm -hmm. where the bigger-picture impact comes in is... If you lose another guy. If you lose another guy, Yeah. yeah, then... You know, you've got, you've got a handful of really talented freshmen who we really haven't got a chance to see do anything yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, watching the wide receivers, the front-end guys last week, specifically Kevin Austin and Braden Lindsey, you've got nothing to worry about. But they were both injured for good chunks of last year. So you sure. do still kind of have that in the back of your mind. If mm-hmm. something happens to them again, you know, if something happens to any of these guys and now you've also don't have a Lawrence keys who, if he was pushed into it, I, I think could have, you know, we w- would have seen really big things from. So for right now, it's just depth, but big picture. If something happens to somebody else, then you're sweating it a little yeah. bit more because you've got 11 games to go now. To, and, and there's already been a huge rash of, of injuries at other positions to start this season off. Unfortunately,
2: one of those being left tackle, uh, Blake Fisher, out yes. for the next eight weeks after meniscus surgery, mm-hmm. uh, Probably facing five straight top twenty-five teams without him. Wisconsin, Cincinnati, vatech USC, and North Carolina. Yes. Uh Jack Cohn was sacked four times last week, and only rushed for sixty-five yards total between a couple of guys. Is, is that is that a bigger <laughs> injury? Is that is that a bigger cause for concern than uh than Lawrence Key's leaving the team i
3: think you know again yeah. like when you look at at micro versus macro yeah. i think micro it is a, a you know a bigger concern michael yeah. carmody will be in there this week tosh baker is his backup at left tackle the way the offensive line played last week for being a true freshman mm-hmm. i mean blake fisher is a 66 335 pound true freshman <laughs> that's
2: a big freshman <laughs> yeah
3: and i mean you can make an argument that he played as well as anybody if not maybe you know, like the number two offensive lineman mm-hmm. before the injury right. last week. So now you're going to lose him for two months. Yeah. And the way the line played last week, I think that that is a you know that's a bigger issue. Now, Carmody was kind of thrown in there last week. Maybe mentally he wasn't quite ready to go because he had a couple misses on some assignments out there sure. at left tackle. But you're playing Toledo this week. Now, you know, as Brian Kelly said this week. He thinks Toledo is probably the best of the MAC teams that they've played so far, and this will be MAC team number four, just like in this last four or five year stretch. Mm-hmm. Bowling Green a couple years ago, they dominated Miami, Ohio. Before that, they dominated Ball State, not so much. A little touch and go on that yeah. Ball State game. They kind of, not kind of. I think they did. They they overlooked Ball State in their preparation mm-hmm. that week. I don't think their mental mindset mindset was in the right place. So if if, you know, if that is kind of the measuring stick, you know they've got to be ready for sort of a ball state situation. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely can't yeah. take Toledo for granted this week. But at the same time, they've got some things they've got to get figured out because you went in already with four of the five starters being new guys, and so now you're going to throw essentially a fifth guy in there with Blake right. Fisher out, who again arguably is at least one of your top two linemen just from what we were able to mm-hmm. see in fall training camp and early in that game and so now you've got another variable that you're throwing in there so so I do uh, I it's it's a concern these guys still have to figure out how to gel um, should be in a better situation between the fact that you're playing a Mac team you get to play at home so communication and those kind of things that maybe were an issue from from time to time yeah last week you know on the road loud environment and all that kind of stuff yeah. shouldn't be as big a, you know it won't be as big a concern this week the, the bigger picture thing is how they gel how mm-hmm. they how they technically handle their business because they they didn't have that fire off the line like in run blocking and things like that mm-hmm. they've got to get that they've yeah. got to get that figured out this week
2: they need that if they want more than 65 yards rushing
3: absolutely so <laughs> yes. uh,
2: and and to bring up another point and this is kind of you know a tangent off of that point but uh, Ball State used that used that game against Notre Dame as kind of like a stepping stone for them. Oh, absolutely! Because since yeah. that game, Ball State has become quite a good program. Actually, yeah, uh,
3: they're, picked of, yeah the, they're picked the to win. the MAC West. Yeah, they're yeah. picked
2: to win their their division. Uh, they won a bowl game for the first time, I think, ever. Right. Uh, last year, so there's a lot of momentum with that Ball State team, and you know. Toledo might be looking to make a similar uh, type of overture as far as uh, as far as how they play tomorrow.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So the game's on Peacock. Yes. How many times have you had to explain that to people? (laughs) I've had plenty.
3: (laughs) It's just like Twitter wars. It's like Twitter wars right Uh now. Just seeing the people react to it and.
2: You know, not just that too. Peacock Premium, yes. Having to explain that that they're going to have to pay money. Yeah, yeah.
3: And and that's the bigger thing because I've said before, I, I said when they put the spring game, the Blue Gold game on the Peacock app, mm-hmm. that this was going to happen at some point in the regular season. I don't know that. Well, and right. I didn't think it was going to, going to happen this year. Right. This soon. Yeah. And if they were going to put it on the Peacock app. I didn't think that they would make it premium right off the bat.
2: I didn't think so either. I think that's a I bad thought, move. I thought
3: it's like you know, okay, we're gonna make we're gonna put it on the app, yeah, but we're gonna give it to you yeah. this first time to see how many people that we get, right? But they went straight for the gusto, yeah. and you know, and everyone's saying, well, this isn't a money move, and and Jack Swarbrick, you know, there's some different, <laughs> you know, there's some different articles out there where Jack Swarbrick is quoted saying, well, you know, it, we're not just doing this because it's Toledo. I mean. Really? Because, like, if you look if at... If you had
2: done that for USC, there'd be rioting in the well, streets.
3: Well, yeah. And that's the point, because, yeah. like, if you look over the last few years, because they haven't... they haven't. This is the first time they put a regular season game off the app, but they have mm-hmm. taken other regular season games before and taken them off the NBC network yeah. and put them on the NBC Sports Network, yeah. or, like, last year, the Clemson game. Now, that was a, a unique situation because right. the president came up in the middle of it, but they right. moved that to USA Network. So... They've moved other games off yeah. the actual NBC network to cable before, you know, yeah. so that wasn't completely unprecedented, but this is the first time that they're moving, you know, but the games that they've done it, it hasn't been USC. It hasn't been, you know, Stanford. It yeah. it, it hasn't been Clemson. It hasn't been the higher tiered games right. it's been that they've done it. It's been, you know, Toledo. Boston college a few Boston years college, back. Yeah. yeah. Like the Mac yeah. games yeah. Where, where they've done it yeah. before. So to say that, Oh, we wouldn't have, you know, it's not just because it's Toledo, it's because it's Toledo. Yes. Come on. Come on. Did, I mean, you could have done it next week against Purdue if, if that's your thing, you very, know? Very so, well could have. Yeah, yeah, you could have made this one, you know, on, on the network and, and next week against Purdue. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously a lot of people aren't happy about it. I'm going to be really interested to see mm-hmm. how quickly they put out the number for how many people they they get to go over there because, you know, the NBC sports, mach- you know, marketing machine mm-hmm. behind yeah. it, PR and, and all of the that, kind of stuff. Yeah. Are we going to find out the number pretty quickly? Because if it's a low okay. number, they're not going to want people to know. Right. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> how it works with the ratings even. So.
3: Yeah. 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 You know, so I'm glad that I'm going to be at the stadium. I don't have to worry about it now. You know, typically, <laughs> typically what I do, Mr. Pre-
2: Mr. Credential over here, well, you know,
3: it is what it is. It is what it is pre and post game and all that kind of, I mean, I wasn't there last year. So because of that, because of the situation with, you know, minimal, minimal media and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, you know, pre vaccine and all that kind of thing. But, um, I get my, my point is I typically, whether I'm at the game or like for road games, I don't go to road games, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll record the game so that I can watch it back, pick up on some different things that happened and that kind of stuff not going to be able to do that because I'm not going to pay for a subscription yeah. when I'm going to be at the game just so I can go back because it's Toledo. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean if it was if it was USC or North Carolina or mm-hmm. Cincinnati, that's probably a different story. But you know, again, it's it's a one game situation. It's like 5 bucks. So if you really want to watch the game, but I, I, Because it's Toledo, I yeah. really wonder how many people are going to be willing to do that. Like, if it was a different game, it's a different situation. Like, the Toledo fans weren't coming. E- you know, even they're upset because sure. they've got yeah. to pay yeah, they've, <laughs> for the app.
2: They could have at least turned on cable. They've got cable in Toledo.
3: Yeah, you know? exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Toledo's, like, roughly the same size as South Bend. Maybe yeah. a little bit bigger. But, yeah. you know, but, yeah.
2: But twice the odors. Twice the odors.
3: That's true. My yeah. son went to graduate school toledo oh did he really and there are odors
2: it's not Terre Haute bad (laughs) no but it's distinct yes so
3: yes uh, distinct is distinct yeah 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 (laughs) bad pun i'm sorry (laughs) uh, (laughs) yes
2: uh so you've i'm I'm sure you've shared your login info for like netflix and other right okay yeah i'm guessing there's gonna be no less than three logins per account on peacock tomorrow
3: I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't
2: be surprised by that either. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm I'm. also guessing bars are going to see big business tomorrow. You know, like bigger, now, than, bigger than normal for like a Toledo.
3: I wonder how that works. Yeah. Like,
2: like viewing it? Yeah. Yeah, like, like for bar, it, yeah. you know,
3: because there right. are like for TV, mm-hmm. you know, there are different, there's a different pay structure and different rules for right. bars to get that kind of stuff. Right. So I wonder how that's going to work for a streaming game, yeah. you know, for a bar that wants to put up the game. How that, I wonder what that's. I don't know. I wonder how that works. I've, I've, I, I didn't even think about, about that. that. Yeah, <laughs> I really hadn't either. Yeah, so. you bring up a really good point. Yeah, so, Point for Jim.
2: Hey! <laughs> call, your, call your neighborhood tavern and uh, see if they've got the game as well.
3: That's so, right. Yeah. You might want to check. That's for sure. So,
2: that's all I had. That's, that's all you've that, got? Those are my questions.
3: All right, well, I'll throw some at you. Okay. Because Notre Dame ran for just 65 yards against Florida State last week. So, my question is, over, under, 150 rushing yards they'll have against Toledo tomorrow.
2: I want to, I want to say over, just because it is Toledo. Yep. Under is probably the safe bet though, because of the Blake Fisher injury.
3: I think so. And because of how they looked last. And week. because of how they looked last <laughs> week,
2: you know. That notwithstanding. Yes. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look forward. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, how they looked last week uh, was not good, uh, putting it lightly. And then you you add uh, such a big injury like Blake Fisher's injury to mm-hmm. that. I, I don't I don't see it getting better this week. Maybe it gets better next week against Purdue, you know, because you know hopefully they make it through this game, you know, without sure. any more any any more major injuries, but. Uh, you know, maybe maybe things start turning a corner, you know, in this game. Maybe they start turning a corner next week. So, but... Uh,
3: what I, what I, uh, I don't, I don't know, concern. What I'm wondering is, do they come out? I hope they don't try to just force the issue with the run. Yet, yeah, Like, you want it to sort of come organically, you yeah. know? So, like, Toledo saw what Jack Cohn and that passing offense can do last week. So that's a plus. you know they already have to have that in their mind. And, mm-hmm. and as a coaching staff, they've looked and I'm sure that they've seen what they you know what they think maybe they'll get or what they'll be dealing with with Notre Dame's offensive line. You know, like I, I look at a guy like Kane Madden, who wasn't necessarily great last week, but had a lot of success sort of playing that level of competition when he was at Marshall, you know, kind of that, mm-hmm. that Toledo Mac level of competition. That's sure. that's what he's used to. Maybe a little bit higher, but at least along those lines. So like he, you know, he had a really good block on on the Tyree touchdown run toward mm-hmm. the end. But that's was that was one of the better blocks yeah. that I saw from him all night. Um but I would think that he'll you know those interior guys specific you know, because if you're going to be able to to run the ball those interior guys i think are going to have to be a big part of it so yeah. i am you know i I don't know i don't know if i'm underestimating toledo maybe but i think they'll have over okay it might not be
0: gougingly I mean, yeah. over but yeah, i think they'll be al- over, at yeah. least a little bit over
2: yeah if it is over it's maybe like you know 160 right you know it's to- not going to be like 250 no exactly
3: so. exactly Toledo had over 440 total yards of offense against Norfolk State in their opener. Do you buy or sell them getting 300 total yards tomorrow against Notre Dame?
2: If they keep Notre Dame on the field like Florida State did, absolutely. I I'd, I'd totally buy that. Yeah. As, as a as a 300 number, because really, I mean, if you're splitting it down the middle, it's 150 each, you know, for rushing and then right. passing. Right. Right. That doesn't seem that hard to get. Right. And considering how Considering how, you know, Notre Dame looked defensively last week against Florida State.
3: Yeah, I mean, Florida State yeah. came close to rushing for that number yeah. last week.
2: Yeah, so, you know, it, yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see 300.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be right around there. And yeah. so I think I'm going to go over as well. You know, again, it's it might not be a lot over yeah. 300 yards. But when you think about, like you said, if you split it up, 150 rush, 150 pass, something like that. I think I'll go slightly over 300 total yards for Toledo tomorrow as well. Okay. Notre Dame has won 25 straight games at home. Over under one and a half home losses they'll have this season.
2: Well, it's not happening. It's not happening in the next couple of weeks. We know that, and we at least we're pretty sure. We think we know that. We think we know that. Here I go putting the cart before the horses again. Should be Um, that
3: stretch that starts after Wisconsin when they get all those home games in October. Those, because they're all ranked right now. Whether they deserve to be ranked, you know, again, we'll find that out. Right. But see, like personally, my thought on this has Mm -hmm. shifted quite a bit just since watching that Florida State game. I kind of think I need to see these, you know, like you said, these next two games. yeah, these are going to be. How do they shore things up this week, yeah. and then next week against Purdue, or against you know against a Purdue team that wasn't great last year, but at least as a Power Five team, right. that's that's going to answer, I think, a lot more for me.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. That's. I think that's more of a competition. Yes. Than I think we're going to see this week, but. Um. Yeah, I. Whew, over under one and a half losses at home. I can see that going over just from just from that stretch
3: just because you've got Cincinnati yeah, you've got North Carolina, you've got USC mm-hmm. those will be the three ones yeah those will be the three big ones yeah right there are they gonna win to at least two of those three or are they gonna drop two of those three? Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm still gonna be bullish on them but again, a lot is gonna depend on how quickly we see them get some stuff cleaned up for yeah. now though, I'll still go under. Okay. For right now.
2: Yeah. Those three games, though, they're going to be tight. They I are. I think.
3: Yep. So. Absolutely. After seeing Notre Dame blow an 18-point lead to Florida State in the second half of the other night, do you buy or sell there's something to be gained from blowing that kind of lead and still winning?
2: Yeah. I mean, it keeps you from getting too high off of a win, for, <laughs> for starters. Uh, right. But it it does it does show you know that this team does have some kind of resolve to it. You know, it, it, it's not going to give up once things start going south. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I never felt, you know, like, like that was the case against Florida State. Uh, and also, it, you know, I mean, if they had gone in and, and just blown out Florida State, maybe they don't get as much fixed this week. So, you know, if you're supposed to improve week to week. Right. And they go out, blow out Florida State instead of it being a close game you know how 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 much better do they get over the past week right
3: so and that's i you know first and foremost i'm not advocating blowing an 18 point <laughs> right. lead
2: yeah you don't want to see that yeah
3: but. i'm not saying oh you know there's moral victories or whatever i think that they're
2: second place trophies I, I do
3: think that playing in that environment with as many New variables as Notre Dame had going into that game. Yeah. New quarterback, all these offensive linemen, receivers, who are completely talented and capable of being number one and number two type guys, but because of you know injuries and, and some of those kind of things, hadn't had the, the the chance to do it. But to go in a road environment where where it where it was nuts, and to see you know the defense was on the field way too much in the fourth quarter. The offense wasn't as effective as they needed to be. Yeah. To go through all of that, to blow that lead, the fact that you did it on the road, like if you blow that lead at home and you have to come back, I think it's different. But mm-hmm. in that environment, yeah. all those different things on the road, I, th- I think that there is something to be gained yeah, from there were,
2: that. I mean, there were, there were points during Florida State's comeback last week where I was like, in years past, Notre Dame would be – Falling like a stack of, you know, like a five years of ago, yeah, five, year, five years, 2000, ago.
3: 2016. Yeah. There's no doubt they lose that game Yeah, Sunday exactly. night and so. maybe even in 2015, but 2016, yeah. definitely these last four years have been different, but you know, and, and again, that's the thing. How do they respond from it? How do they go forward? Will they get some of that stuff shored up? There's some stuff like defensively. I, I think they will be okay. I think it's a matter of just kind of figuring out, you know, maybe some substitution patterns and things like that. A little bit differently because they had a lot of of uh, the number two guys on the depth chart out there when you know a couple yeah. of those big explosive scoring plays came, and then figuring out you know maybe we don't need to go to a three man front and <laughs> and just kind of let Florida State methodically move the ball down field with, right. with those three big drives that that resulted you know basically on those last three drives that resulted in two touchdowns and a field goal they averaged. 12 plays per drive yeah. out of them and you know that's and 36 yeah and and 36 total plays in the fourth quarter. So that's, that's way too much time yeah. for the defense to be on the field. Yep. That's exactly right. He's Jim I'm Sean Steyers. Leprechaun Lunch is presented by First State Bank. Other participating sponsors include Edward Jones making sense of investing, Contact Eric Yetterberg in South Bend or Matt Stem in Osceola. Also, Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape. Are you ready for your next escape? Experience the excitement at Four Winds Casino. Legacy Heating and Air, South Bend Orthopedics, Team Physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949, and Wings Etc. Grill and Pub, 14 Michiana area locations. Stop in today or order yours online at to-go at wingsetc.com. I think that there is a little uh, I think that's supposed to be mispros- to yeah. Wings, etc. Yeah. At wings ETC. Yep. Okay, well, that would make sense. <laughs> but it's different on a different piece of copy that I had. So that's sure. why I was confused. <laughs> right, right. So order online at togo.wingsetc.com There you go. You've got it. We will continue with Leprechaun Lunch. We'll take a timeout. Cal Roland from the Toledo Blade gonna join us next to preview tomorrow's opponent, the Toledo Rockets on the Leprechaun Lunch on Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on sports radio i I did it budweiser's week this is not budweiser's weekday sports beat this is leprechaun lunch i'm so it's just like automatic i'm so used to doing that obviously uh five days a week leprechaun lunch on sports radio 960 a.m wsbt tomorrow it is notre dame against toledo and with us right now kyle roland from the Toledo Blade to talk a little bit of Toledo football Jason Candle's Rockets coming in tomorrow to Notre Dame Stadium. This is year 6 for Jason Candle the head coach there at Toledo. So I'm kind of curious, you know, he spent a few years before that as an assistant there on the staff. So what would you say maybe is there is there like a fingerprint or identity that's that's pretty noticeable that he's put on the program in his time there? That's
1: a, you know that's a good question. I mean I mean definitely the identity is. I mean, he's an offensive coach and he's kind of thought as one of the better young offensive minds in college football. Uh, they won the Mac immediately when he took over mm-hmm. and they've had some, a couple down years. I wouldn't say this is a do or die season. Like he's not going to lose his job if they don't win the Mac this year. Okay. Uh, but the fan base is getting a little restless. You know, they want a, you know, a seven and one or, or eight, and no, oh max season this year. Um, so there are pretty lofty expectations. This is a fan base, you know, even though it's a max school that they're, they're pretty hungry and they have, I wouldn't say unrealistic expectations, but they just have, it's Ohio, you know, <laughs> I mean, the state of Ohio, people yeah, take a lot of pride in their football and Toledo, has a lot of advantages over Mac schools with facilities and kind of their recruiting grounds. So anytime they go six and six or three and five in the Mac or something like that, they're they're not happy.
3: Well, and I believe Matt Campbell, you know, who's become one of the kind of hot young wonderkins, I guess, in college football, you know, out there at Iowa state, he came from Toledo. Is there, is there at all, you know, sort of a shadow that, that, that he might still cast over the program there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think so. Um, I mean, he was definitely a popular guy. But the funny thing is, he actually never even made the MAC title game at <laughs> Toledo. Uh, and then Candle, you know, won it in his first year, sure. which obviously it helped that he had a lot of those leftover players. Um, but but yeah, so that that's kind of a thing that's that's still you know whispered about in in Toledo. Uh, so I don't think there's a shadow, um, but. It's more just they typically have high expectations. They've been a Mac favorite, I think like two of the last three years and, and didn't really live up to it at all. It didn't come close to it. Um, so they're pretty hungry. and their fan base is really excited about this week. I mean they, I wouldn't say they're you know expecting to win, but they're expecting to have a, a really, really uh, strong showing at Notre Dame.
3: Do you, do you think that, that maybe that got stronger after Sunday night, you know, to see Notre Dame giving up 38 points? Or, or is it just, you know, would they have been excited anyway just
1: because they're coming to Notre Dame? Yeah, I mean, I do think from a Toledo standpoint, that game could not have gone better for them. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame had some defensive struggles. It was already going to be a short week, and then they go overtime. Uh, I I assume Notre Dame didn't get back until I don't know three a.m. or something. I think it was like four thirty
3: a.m. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So I I do think there are little tiny things like that that really play into Toledo's favor. Um, Toledo had an easy game against an FCS school. It's not like they really showed Notre Dame anything. Uh, They they weren't opening up the playbook against Norfolk State. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, I, I think that that there are either sky high expectations. Uh, but, I mean, Toledo, Tyson Anderson, who is perhaps Toledo's best pro prospect of safety, seems doubtful for Saturday. He did not play against Norfolk State either, kind of battling a, a lower body injury. Um, I think that's going to be an issue if he's out. Uh, Deswan Johnson, uh, one of their best uh, defensive linemen, had a targeting penalty in the second half against Norfolk State. So he'll be out the first half. Okay. Of the Notre Dame game, that's a that's a big loss. So they're kind of behind the eight ball in some situations, um, but I expect them to be able to move the football. I, I assume Notre Dame will definitely improve, and you know perhaps Toledo's personnel is not as good as as Florida State's. Although I didn't really think Florida State would be anything special this year, no, I
3: didn't. Um,
1: but to, I mean, Toledo's got a legit. I mean. I mean, they think that they're a top 50 or top you know, 60 team in the country. I think okay. that's probably fair. If you're one of the better teams in the MAC, And I, I don't think that that means they should be blown out. I mean, if, if they go in and you know, lose 42-14, to 14, I think that is a bad sign for Toledo. I mean, I think they should be competitive for sure for an entire half, the first half, and you know, maybe into the third quarter kind of have Notre Dame nervous.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you know, coaches are always going to talk up their opponents. Lou Holtz was famous for it, but you know, Brian Kelly was throwing the praise on Toledo the other day, saying of the MAC teams, and this is like what five or six now MAC teams that have come in here that Toledo might be the best of them. So, you know, it, it, at least that—that's what he's talking about, saying good things about them. They did beat Norfolk State forty-nine to ten, as you said, an FCS team, but their quarterback Carter Bradley threw for one hundred and eighty-three yards in that game he's a fourth year sophomore i saw from what i understand what what can you tell us about carter bradley
1: yeah well he's uh the son of gus bradley the longtime nfl defensive coordinator and and jaguars uh former head coach so and and he is a prototypical coach's son i mean just really smart great football iq doesn't make stupid mistakes just kind of a, a coach on the field in a way um and he he, at one time he was a four-star recruit he actually ended up falling down to a three-star but he was a pretty big recruiting coup for toledo i mean he had a lot of power five offers um people kind of thought he might decommit from toledo but he never did stuck through it um but he's never really had his shot until this season uh but i mean he's a big guy kind of looks um like a pro-style quarterback, has a pretty accurate arm. Uh, Jason Candle is, is huge on not only accuracy, but just limiting turnovers, and Bradley is pretty good at that. That's kind of why Daquan Finn is not the starting quarterback. Um, but, but I think that whole two-quarterback thing they did Saturday, I understand why they did it. Both quarterbacks looked good in camp, but – they almost both played too well in the first game. I mean, I think there comes a point where you just want one of them to be clearly better than the other. And that really didn't happen in the first game. So, I mean, they're going to ride this until they need to make a change. And Daquan Finn was a pretty horrendous passer uh, prior <laughs> to this season. And he really, really worked hard on it. He's a former Mr. Football in the state of Michigan. Um, so, he I mean, he came in, you know, with some accolades. Um, went to work with Tom House, the quarterback guru who's mm-hmm. worked with Tom Brady, among others, and, and kind of straightened him out. And he had a really good camp. And he was only four or five in the opener, so it's not like he threw it a bunch. Uh, but his legs, I mean, he's really, really fast Yeah, he runs guy. it, he right? The leading, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was the leading rusher, had almost 100 yards, had a touchdown run. Um, so, I mean, he'll be someone that Notre Dame will, will certainly have to keep their eye on. Um, But I don't know if he's necessarily going to be outrunning the linebackers at Notre Dame and and the secondary at Notre Dame. It's a little different than Norfolk State.
3: But you definitely expect to see both of those guys Saturday, then, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. I'd be surprised otherwise.
3: Kyle Rowland with us from the Toledo Blade, talking Toledo Rockets football. And, And Brian Kelly was talking the other day about the offensive line being something that stands out to him about the Rockets is that kind of expected to be a strength for them this year
1: for sure I mean I think it's one of their their better offensive lines in in school history certainly definitely recent memory I mean every single starter's back which is huge Um, and you know three of those guys are seniors they're they're veteran guys Um, I mean running the ball is is definitely a strength of this offense even though they do I mean they they prefer to kind of play a vertical game and and throw the ball and, you know, have big chunk plays or whatever. But, I mean, Bryant Kobach, the running back, started his career at Kentucky. He's very, very good. I, you know, maybe the best running back in the MAC. Uh, and then his backup, Micah Kelly. It's not – I mean, at a MAC school, you might generally think, well, if the second string running back's in now, I mean, that <laughs> probably doesn't mean a whole lot. But, but Kelly's a really solid guy. I mean, he's smaller and kind of fast and a shifty type of guy. Um, so he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Uh, but they, I mean, they're really good at protecting and they're really good at opening holes. And And I think it's going to be a pretty interesting matchup to just see how they can go up against a, a Notre Dame front that mm-hmm. is clearly going to be the best they see all season. Because when you see Toledo's offensive line against the Mac, it's like, man, this seems like a really, really... Good line. So I think it'll be a good barometer on Saturday to see how truly good they are.
3: Sure. Their defensive coordinator, whose name I'll let you say here in a second because I couldn't pronounce it just by looking at it, but uh, he was the the head coach at Division three Power Mount Union for a while. Led him to three national championships. Sounds like he really when they hired him, I believe it was last year. They the defense got a lot better, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, decidedly better. Vince Karras is the name. Okay. Um Yeah, I mean, he, so, I mean, Toledo's defense, in those lean years they had, I mean, that was a huge reason why. I mean, it was was not good, (laughs) to put it mildly. So, I mean, they had a staff overhaul, and the funny thing is, a lot of the players this year were those players who struggled. They were just, you know, freshmen and sophomores back then, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that was part of the reason why they struggled, but it also was coaching. And I mean, Vince Karras just came in. I mean, the guy's a great coach. He, as you mentioned, won a lot of national titles at division three. And I mean, at that level, I mean, I don't think there's a huge discrepancy in talent. So it kind of comes down to coaching and he's a proven commodity. I mean, the players immediately took to him. Uh, the co-defensive coordinator, Craig Kuligowski is a longtime kind of FBS assistant. He's been at Alabama and Illinois and some other places. And, he's another guy that kind of meshed well, uh, in this program. And I mean, they've, they really turned the corner. I mean, it was a pretty dramatic improvement last year. Um, I know it was a weird year, you know, only six games and COVID, all all that kind of stuff. So I think you'll get a a truer sense of of how much they improved this year. Um, but they were, I mean, all off season. I mean, that was a, a big thing that, You know, Jason Candle, the players, everyone around the program was really excited about kind of continuing, you know, the progression of of the defense. So on that side, too, I mean, they have everyone back. Toledo has all their starters back this year, which is pretty insane. Uh, But one of those guys is a linebacker, Dan Bolden, who had a season ending knee injury just before fall camp. So they are down him at linebacker. Um, but the linebacking core is pretty strong. I mean, they're just like solid, I would say, at the D-line, the linebacker, and the secondary. They have tremendous depth in the secondary, which I think is important when you're playing a team like Notre Dame. I mean, I think you're probably going to have to rotate and kind of rely on multiple guys back there, especially, I mean, Jack Cohn, I, I was really impressed uh, with what he looked like. I yeah. covered Ohio State for years, so I'm okay. familiar with him, with Wisconsin, and, and I just was never he never just like stood out to me when he played for Wisconsin, but I mean I, I think that might have been the best game of his entire career yeah. on on uh, <laughs> Sunday night. So I definitely think uh, that the Toledo secondary is kind of taking notice of that. Um, so that should be uh, a pretty good matchup on Saturday.
3: I think it helps, as we saw with 366 yards. It helps, you know, when you're in a system where they ask you to throw, you know, because as you know, they had Jonathan Taylor when he was at Wisconsin. They sort of leaned on him a little bit, you know. So I think that definitely helped Jack Cohn out quite a bit.
0: I, I wanted to yeah, ask no you,
3: I wanted to ask you, Cal, before we wrap up. All this talk about super conferences you know with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and and all that the impact it could have on conferences like the Mac what, what what do you think you know big big picture if you know if things continue down the road that they're going what do you think could be the impact on on the Mac
1: yeah that's a great question I mean I've kind of analyzed it and asked around you know different ads and stuff. I think the Mac is unique in the sense of there is not a conference just more geographically aligned than that. I mean, you just got all the schools in Ohio and Michigan and then, I mean, Northern Illinois and Buffalo. So, I mean, it it just all makes sense. All those schools are generally the same size. Mm -hmm. They, they've got, you know, almost a century of history together. I I know these other schools do too (laughs) um, that, that have kind of jumped ship, but, I don't know. I don't think you'll see major movement. It's just not like, you know, Conference USA or the Sun Belt or schools in the South and the Southeast where there's just like a natural progression. Um, I mean, Toledo in 1999 and 2004 was a finalist to get into Conference USA when it was expanding back then. And in 04, they thought they were going to get in. And I do just wonder how different Toledo would be today if that would have happened. I yeah. mean I mean maybe they because because they've got really good facilities. The academics has always been kind of the thing that's held them back from joining another conference. but yeah, I don't know. I mean I don't I don't really think anything will change in the Mac. I mean 10 years from now, I bet it's the same team, same teams.
3: Cal Rowland from the Toledo Blade and of course, Kyle, we appreciate your time. Great stuff from you. appreciate it. I appreciate the time. We will take a timeout. Jim Irizarry and I will uh, run through some of the lines for the weekend, some, uh, some games that we're going to take a look at. And uh, also just found out that uh, the news – how long has it been here? Oh, within the last hour anyway. The uh, official news that BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are joining the Big 12. So we'll touch on that when we come back as well. When the Leprechaun Lunch continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Leprechaun Lunch continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT, we are presented by First State Bank. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong sheet. I was looking I was looking at that little thing I'm supposed to read about First State Bank. There it is. Lending strength to our communities by devoting ourselves to helping local businesses grow and prosper. Also by Wings, Etc. Grill & Pub, 14 Michiana Area Locations, Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape. And by Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing. Contact Matt Wilson in South Bend or Pablo Rodriguez in Granger. And also by Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape, Legacy Heating & Air, and South Bend, orthopedics well Jim the uh the news just coming out uh within the last hour the uh the official news the big 12 has uh, officially expanded yep with BYU Cincinnati Houston and Central Florida UCF set to join so do you think it's going to be enough to save the big 12
2: I mean none of those teams none of those teams make me go
3: ooh, yeah so I mean BYU is the biggest BYU, name. Yeah, BYU, it's not that they've been a power obviously by yeah. any means. They've been independent for the last few years. So uh interesting that BYU is joining a conference. And that's the thing. I mean, you've still got like a directional school from Florida even though I guess you get the Orlando TV market. So that helps yeah. you out to some extent. And, I, and we've talked before so now you've got And you do pick up Houston yeah, too. Yeah, you which pick is up huge Houston TV market too. Yeah, it is. So and then uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati—not big, but at least you get part of Ohio. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, they gobble up some markets, and of course, the AAC is mad, and they're they're talking about, see, we should have been a Power Five conference, or you know, we should have been considered, a, <laughs> you know, a Power conference all along because now you covet our teams. It's uh, well, nobody really covets your teams. It's about the, survival. Th- those were the four. <laughs> yes. You know,
2: those were the four, or those were the three. Three. Anyway. Yeah. That uh that anybody would have given anything for. Yes. You know.
3: Exactly. Any amount. Exactly. So. Hey, by the way, don't forget our game day coverage begins tomorrow morning at nine o'clock with a game day show. Tim Growl, Vince D'Addario. They've got Chris Zorich, Carlo Calbrice, Sean Crawford, Tavon Coney, Brandon Wimbush, Aiden Seal, and Frank Pomerico, George Hajduk, and Max Walsh all aboard. Darren Pritchett and I have Game Day Sports Beat at eleven A.M. We'll go till one thirty. Tomorrow's game kicks off at 2.30, and then Evan Sharpley and I have the post-game show as well. So
2: Listen for free.
3: That's right. <laughs> no fee to listen right. to your radio. Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Okay, so we got just a few minutes here. You've got uh, some props for us for the weekend.
2: Yeah. Uh, first, Toledo at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's 17-point favorite at home. The uh, over-under set at 55 right now.
3: Okay, I like I like Notre Dame minus seventeen, and I'll take the over okay. fifty-five. I think we're going to see Notre Dame put up a bucket load of points. It was interesting listening to Cal Rowland. He says mm-hmm. if if Toledo really does, you know, lose a lopsided game tomorrow, that from yeah. a Toledo perspective, you know, That's it's it's going to mean yeah. some distressing things. Yeah. I don't, I you know, I still don't know about that, but yeah, I think me, you know, I think as a Mac team, yeah. you can still have a good season. You know, even if you. Do lose a lopsided game to Notre Dame, but I, I like Notre Dame minus yeah, it, seventeen.
2: Yeah, it's, it hasn't stopped anybody else from from having that. But, That's right. Uh, you know, like like he said, it, it is the probably the one Mac school that has been consistently good. Yeah. For a long time now, like yeah. I, re- I when I was at Ball State, I remember Toledo being ranked even. You sure. Know, it was like, you know. 23 I think yeah I think they, you know like they they get into the polls every so often if they're if they're good enough so right. you know this that they do have some history so yeah you know an and unreasonable <laughs> Ohio fan base as well <laughs> yeah
3: that's right so. that's exactly right
2: <laughs> but uh, Toledo uh, plus 600 on the money line my uh, Notre Dame minus 900 on the money line yeah uh, that makes sense first to score some uh, I think some good value there Toledo Plus 165, Notre Dame minus 210.
3: Wow, minus 210, huh? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. A
2: heavy favorite. This I found interesting, okay? The halftime full-time scores, okay? Okay. Uh, Who's going to lead at halftime and who's going to lead at the end of the second half? So basically who's winning, you know, unless they go to overtime.
3: Unless it goes to overtime, yeah.
2: uh, Notre Dame, for both, is minus 330. That's the favorite going in. Makes
3: total sense.
2: Uh Toledo leading at the half, Notre Dame leading at at full time plus 700. Toledo Toledo plus 1200.
3: I, yeah, I can see that too.
2: Uh, and then
3: I think that's how it should be.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh tie and then Notre Dame plus 2000. Notre Dame Toledo f- plus 5000. Tie Toledo 5500. Uh, Notre Dame and tie plus six thousand. Toledo and tie plus sixty five hundred. Tie and tie plus nine thousand.
3: Yeah, I can see yeah. that.
2: Okay, all right. Toledo, Toledo at plus twelve
3: hundred. <laughs> okay. right. Would Would that, you that, go that, out that, on a limb on any you know that that favor Toledo um, in those scenarios?
2: Maybe Toledo Notre Dame. You know,
3: like Toledo to lead at half, but Notre yeah. Dame to lead at the end.
2: Yeah. I, 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 could, I tell you, I could you what if that. they go to the locker room yeah. oh man with Toledo oh my goodness <laughs> they're gonna be jacked oh my uh, so yeah that 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 Toledo Toledo number just jumped out at me really quick just yeah. the plus 1200 yep uh so uh but like I said I like Notre Dame on I like Notre Dame to cover as well that 17 point spread and I think they're gonna go over as well as far as the point total goes right um uh, maybe even look at uh, some Notre Dame just team total as well okay that is uh that is set at 27 I've seen in some places
3: so that's for
2: that's just Notre Dame team total
3: points yeah no. okay or,
2: I'm sorry, not 27 I'm sorry I'm looking at I'm, that's first <laughs> first quarter oh no uh or first half sorry no uh 38 for uh, Notre Dame 38 total points for, for the first yeah. half. No, 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 for total game.
3: Over, under 38? Yeah. Oh, I over. Think, I think over. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think over. Yeah. If they're scoring 38 in regulation yeah. against Florida State, they better score 38 <sighs> to, plus against tomorrow Toledo? against Toledo. Yeah, absolutely right. So,
2: uh, And then next opponent coming up, Purdue, they're at UConn uh, tomorrow. That's a 3 p.m. kick.
3: New head coach. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Edsel gone. Yeah, ra-
2: Randy Edsel announced that he would retire at the end of the season. The school came back to him and said, how about you move that date up a few months? <laughs>
3: yeah. uh,
2: so, uh, Lou Spanos, the defensive coordinator, the interim coach, the over under for this game is 57.5. No, uh, Purdue mm. is the 34.5 point favorite. Wow. Yeah.
3: I don't like that number at all. I hate I those either. big spreads like that, especially yeah. when you're talking, you know, it's not like Clemson against UConn. We're talking about Purdue. I would take, I think I would take the under and I would stay away. From that spread, yeah. So, all right, and then uh,
2: just Gotta kind wrap. of off, off, uh, off the beaten path. How many times ne- uh, this week and next week do you think Drew Brees is going to mention that he went to Purdue?
0: I'm um, se- I'm as
3: setting- little as possible, but we got to wrap things okay. up. We'll all talk right. to you tonight Budweiser's Weekday Sports Meet.
0: Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street. Across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.